This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. Hey. Watching Tesla Time News, episode 377. On oh, now you know. We want to give a shout out to Climate Exchange's annual EV raffle, which is back for its eighth year, one of the longest running EV raffles out there. This year's grand prize is a fully customized luxury EV, and this year they're offering more options. The grand prize winner will have their pick of any EV on the market worth up to $112,835, the price of a fully loaded Tesla Model X Plaid. Climate Exchange is even paying for all of the taxes so you don't have to. With so many new and exciting EVs on the market, they wanted to make sure their winner drives off in their dream car. Let us know what EV you would choose and why by leaving a comment down below. Yeah, I'm curious what you all think of as your dream car. It's the Model X Plaid. Climate Exchange will also provide $5,000 in charging support to the winner to help pay for and install a home charger or use on the road. Unlike many other raffles, Climate Exchange thinks that winning a car should just be fun, so they pay for all the taxes, this could save you tens of thousands of dollars. Even if you don't win the grand prize, they also have cash prizes for second through fifth place. So you really will have five chances to win with each ticket you buy. With only a maximum of 5,000 tickets, you also have really great odds in this raffle. If you need another reason to join, your purchase helps support Climate Exchange's mission. And since today is Giving Tuesday, we can't really think of a better time to give back to an organization like Climate Exchange. Their goal is to help states transition to a zero emissions economy, and they believe that EVs play a key role in reducing transportation pollution. With the funding from last year's EV raffle, Climate Exchange hosted webinars and calls connecting over 5,000 advocates and policymakers from across the country. They published policy resources and updates that were viewed over 60,000 times. And maintain their state climate policy dashboard, a free online platform tracking 65 plus climate policies across all 50 states. The raffle not only funds their work, but also helps by putting one more electric vehicle on the road. You can buy tickets at carbonraffle.org. And remember, they tend to sell out the 5,000 tickets and they're already one third of the way there. So don't wait. Before we start today's show, we wanted to remind everyone that Zach and I will be in Austin, Texas, this Thursday, November 30th, covering the Tesla Cybertruck event. It is going to be amazing. If you'll be in town, we hope you can join us in person. But if not, no problem, because we'll be live streaming practically all day here on the Now You Know channel. There are going to be so many awesome guests like Sandy Monroe, Farzad Masbahi, Ellie in Space, and many more. We have panels on everything Cybertruck, so don't miss it. Okay. On with the show. So Niklas posted that the Swedish Tesla strike has now started affecting delivery of new Tesla license plates. What? Remember we reported last week that IF Metal strike against Tesla meant that other unionized groups like Post Nord, which is the Swedish mail carriers, would strike against Tesla in sympathy of the strike. Well, now, according to the Swedish Transport Agency, license plates in Sweden can only be delivered by Post Nord, and Post Nord won't deliver mail to Tesla. So... Tesla owners can't get their license plates? How many plates are we talking about here? In the first nine months of the year, about 17,000 new Teslas were registered in Sweden, so about 2,000 Teslas a month. The plates are ordered when the Tesla leaves the factory. So now it looks like there's going to be major problems getting Teslas registered and on the road in Sweden because of the strike. The strike which 90% of Tesla employees in Sweden don't agree with? Why can't Tesla get the license plate delivered via FedEx or some other delivery service? Well, Anna Berggrund, the director of vehicle information at the Swedish Transport Agency, said the Authority Camera Collegiate has procured a framework agreement for the letter and parcel services that all authorities must use. And according to that agreement, we must use PostNord. And Anders Porelius, who is press manager at PostNord Sweden, confirms that all mail delivery to Tesla has been stopped. So PostNord won't deliver Tesla's mail? What do they do with all of it? Uh, Anders Porelius says we take care of it and store it. So I think we should all start mailing fish sandwiches to Tesla in Sweden. All jokes aside, this is turning into a big deal, and I'm not sure how it's going to get worked out. 
I mean, it appears that the union IF Metal doesn't really care about Tesla or its employees. They just want to expand their union by any means. And I would get that if Tesla was an awful employer. But by all accounts, like the one we read last week from a Tesla mechanic, they love working for Tesla. So at this point, does it make sense for Tesla to just sign the collective bargaining agreement to just end the strike in Sweden? Uh, let us know your thoughts down below. Our Patreon poll this week is about the Swedish strike, and you can have access to our Patreon poll every week by supporting us and the independent reporting we do. Head over to patreon.com slash now you know right now. To me, it comes down to an actual vote. If Tesla employees want to unionize, then they should hold a vote. If they don't have the numbers to even hold a vote, then obviously most employees at Tesla are happy working there and the union should focus on its other members. And by the way, the strike so far had a very limited effect on Tesla's sales. So far this November, Tesla had sold 858 new cars. That's up 55% year over year. And Farzad Mazbai said, so let me get this Tesla and Swedish union thing straight. Giant majority of Tesla employees in Sweden, 90% plus, don't want to unionize. Swedish union then makes it impossible for Tesla to operate in Sweden. How is this anything other than extortion? And Elon says it's crazy. Yeah, I don't understand how it's legal to not deliver mail. I feel like if the post office in the United States was like, we're not delivering mail to someone that like, where's the lawsuits? And they even delivered to Santa Claus. Right. So Sora Merritt posted on Friday news. Tesla FSD version 12 has reportedly started rolling out to employees with update 2023.38.10. And Elon said, yes, humans are basically a big data stream of photons in that produce a tiny data stream of motor commands out. And he's talking about full self-driving being able to do kind of the same thing. Holmar's catalog says FSD 12. This could be the moment, the moment that changes everything, or it could suck even worse than version 11. Elon said it feels human. OK, so wait. If you're a Tesla employee, do you get FSD for free if you own a Tesla? Well, Jeremy Judkins kind of joked about that on X. Me at Tesla job interview. Why do you want to work for Tesla as a janitor? Me. I heard employees are getting full self-driving beta version 12. And Holmar's catalog followed up. Jeremy is joking, but Tesla does actually give free FSD to all employees. Working at Tesla is the cheapest way to get FSD on your car. But I think Elon did set the record straight here. Elon said, this is not accurate. You have to be on the QA team. Okay, so cancel my Tesla janitor interview. White Hat Hacker Green, the only spotted some new features on the latest update 2023.44.1, including Shaka Media Player, Apple Podcasts, a new seatbelt reminder, HOV lane travel, using the camera to check for passengers, and a front camera washer and activation button, along with some others. Wait, how does the front camera washer work? Isn't the front camera behind the windshield? Is it just like turning on the windshield wiper? Well, this would probably imply a front bumper camera. Lots of newer cars have front cameras to give them that bird's eye 360 view when parking. So this would imply a washer nozzle for that. Kind of like this BMW. Uh, okay, but Teslas don't have a front camera. Well, we had seen that the Highland came with a front camera, but we no longer see that on any of the Highlands. So, so in the, in the older pictures, we used to see a little camera right there. Mm -hmm. And then in the new ones, there is no camera there. So is this for Cybertruck? It could be. We have seen a camera on some of the very early Cybertrucks, but again, this was a while ago. I haven't seen anybody who's peeked under the front grill of the Cybertruck to spot one. Hmm. So hmm. who knows? Okay. Maybe they're just getting it ready for the future. I don't know. I just think that that looks very complicated to have a washer. Well, the BMW one is extra complicated. You can just have a nozzle. Sure. Ready to go. You don't have to like put it behind a logo. Do you want to build a roadster? Why are you singing so badly? You have like perfect pitch. I don't want to get a copyright strike from Disney uh, just for the sake okay, of this joke. Fine. Do I want to build a roadster like a Tesla roadster? I mean, it took us two years to convert an MG midget to electric. So no, I probably don't want to build a Tesla Roadster. Well, if you change your mind, Tesla just open sourced it. Elon posted on X, all design and engineering of the original Tesla Roadster is now fully open source. Whatever we have, you now have. And World of Engineering asked, does this mean I can build my own Roadster in my garage? Elon said, some assembly required. So why is Tesla doing this? My guess is to encourage and support like third parties to make parts and software for the original Roadster. But I mean, how many roadsters are there in the world? Well, here's the breakdown. Tesla made about 2,590 between 2008 and 2012. So there's estimated to be about 2,400 on the road. And I think this is kind of nice because I feel like Tesla probably knows that they're going to be less and less helpful for these <laughs> very early Tesla owners. Right. They don't want to make parts for this few cars. 
So right. I think they want to let the third party company start doing it. Like with RMG, there's all these companies like Moss Motors that make all these old parts. So this is kind of nice because this might be something that they do in the future with, say, like the older model S's and X's. Right. And it's just crazy. I mean, how few cars it took to launch a revolution. Mm. Because, again, without this Roadster, and I know that, again, only 2,500 of them in the world, but without it, nothing else. Nothing else. Lots of great information, by the way. If you go to Tesla's site and check out all of the released information about the original Roadster, you can really dive in deep. Even though that's Elon's, like, least favorite Tesla. <laughs> so Tesla just announced new supercharger congestion fees. It says, at certain supercharging locations, congestion fees will replace idle fees. A congestion fee is a fee you pay when a supercharger is busy and your vehicle's battery is above a certain level. You can see the battery charge level where congestion fees apply on your vehicle's touchscreen. So we kind of knew that this was coming because White Hat Hacker Green, the only found some code referencing it. But now it appears to be official. So if you're confused about this, like I was, it may be because Tesla already had fees, the idle fees at superchargers. So how did the existing fees work? So the existing fees started back in 2019. Tesla introduced a new feature at superchargers, which limited an owner's state of charge to 80% at select high traffic superchargers. Basically, if there was more than 50% of the stalls were full, you could manually raise the limit higher. But eventually, once you reached the charging limit, um, you would get a five minute grace period. Once the five minute grace period was over, Tesla would charge a per minute fee to incentivize owners to unplug and make room for somebody else to charge. And this was especially at like grocery stores, and hotels they they didn't want you to like park your car there and stay and then overnight be like great because you're in the way and so that's what the idle fee was so the new congestion fee is a bit different so can you explain what are the three conditions that have to be met for the congestion fee to apply yeah so number one the supercharger location has to have congestion fees not all superchargers get that busy so the supercharger has to be busy which is number two number three your vehicle's battery has to be at or above the congestion fee level for the fees to apply okay so what is the fee tesla has only announced that the congestion fee for the u.s so far is one dollar per minute when your battery hits 90 percent after a five minute grace period. Tesla says that you will get a message at a supercharger location that has congestion fees. Okay, so why are they doing this? They already had idle fees. Well, the last 10% of charging takes the longest and it's usually not necessary. So, I mean, this should really help keep cars moving and keep supercharger stalls open for more cars. Exactly. And I mean, because the thing is, you'd go to the supercharger, they'd be like, there's an idle fee. And you'd be like, oh no, an idle fee. And that definitely moves some people along. But if you were, you know, shopping or you know going for a walk and it was like your thing is coming up you have five minutes to get to your car you could just increase the limit mm -hmm. and and basically you could just increase the limit to 100 which adds like 30 40 minutes to your charging because mm -hmm. that x that last 90 percent takes so long right so that really kept a lot of people still sitting there not being charged. This is a great way to encourage some turnover of the supercharger. Okay, so you're not gonna be able to slide it past 90. 90 is the cutoff now. Well, you can slide it past 90, and I guess you won't get the idle fee, but you will get the congestion fee. Right. Yeah, so share your thoughts on this new congestion fee in the comments. And I think that the congestion fee is a great way for non-Teslas to be punished for driving non-Teslas. Mm, That's something point. they can do. Be like, oh, well, you're over 50%, so. <laughs> so Sawyer Merritt posted, Tesla has released a new paid advertisement on YouTube. Quote, 50,000 superchargers worldwide and counting. Model 3 starts at 31,490 after the federal tax credit. And Elon said, as promised. So let's check it out. And yeah, many people have been posting snippets of ads that they've been finding on YouTube and other social media. That's why we don't get usually the full ad because people are like, oh, crap, an ad. Let me capture it mm. quick. Um, and so the question is, is this effective? Uh, GM, by the way, just announced that they won't be running their EV Super Bowl ad anymore. Uh, so should Tesla run one instead? <laughs> I think that it's every Tesla owner's dream for Tesla to run a Super Bowl ad because it would take a lot of the, the stress off of our shoulders because we're doing so much work. People are like, I heard that Teslas are... They're $40 billion? I can't afford that. And you're like, no, they're not. You know, and so having an ad like that everyone's going to see is going to just like, that would get the whole thing going. 
I think the GM was smart not to run their EV ad because, frankly, they, were it, they weren't very good. Uh, sorry, Will Ferrell. I love you in Elf, but <laughs> I don't love you in these GM commercials. And they weren't doing any good because people, you know, if anyone smart would go look at the GM. And unless they're like, that absolutely fits exactly my lifestyle. I don't need to travel. Um then it doesn't really work. Then they're going to go like, well, I do want an EV. Look at all these benefits. Now I'm going to get a Tesla. So they were, they were all Tesla ads. So a demand lever that Tesla can pull for very little cost is, well, what they just started offering for all new Model 3 and Y orders that get delivered before the end of this year in North America, which is free supercharging for six months. Tesla already discounted the new inventory vehicles by up to $3,000, and I guess they're going to make sure that Q4 has robust sales numbers. It's so smart because it sounds really good, but it costs Tesla so little. Especially because Tesla has a clause in there saying that they can remove the benefit, quote, in the event of excessive charging. And I think the average person doesn't actually sit down with pencil and paper and try to figure out the value of free supercharging for six months. It just sounds like it's worth like a couple thousand bucks, especially if you're used to putting gas in your car. I mean, here in Massachusetts, which has some of the most expensive electricity rates in the country, if you used free supercharging 100% of the time for the six months and you drove, say, 7,000 miles, which would be the average for half a year, that would be about 1750 kilowatt hours of juice at 24 cents per kilowatt hour. So $420. And to be honest, I doubt most people are going to supercharge more than a dozen times in the first six months. So it's probably going to cost Tesla like a hundred bucks on average. So comment down below if you think our numbers or assumptions are off. And I think Tesla's doing this because as we've seen, the Model 3 could be losing half of that $7,500 federal tax credit starting next year. Mm. Hey, and if you like our channel, hit the like button. It really helps share this with more people. All right, it's time for the Cybertruck Roundup. Yeehaw! The Cybertruck Roundup. And Elon said Cybertrucks are on their way to Tesla stores in North America, like this one spotted in San Diego. Do you think that he meant all 465 showrooms in the U.S., the 24 in Canada, and the 3 in Mexico? Well, no, probably not right away, at least. But maybe they'll rotate them. My guess is for the next few months, it'll be somewhat limited. The showrooms that we know of so far are these in New York, California, Florida, Washington, North Carolina, Illinois, and now Massachusetts. Boston showroom just got one on Boylston Street. Woo! Yeehaw! And what we've learned from the Tesla showrooms are some key specifications of the Cybertruck. 11,000 pound towing capacity and a payload of up to 2,500 pounds in an SMC bed. What is SMC? My plastics engineering expert. It's a sheet molded compound, glass filled compound uh, like the Rivian bed. Oh, so really strong plastic, hard to scratch. Yep. Okay. Um, but in 2019, when they unveiled the Cybertruck, didn't they say that the payload capacity across all three variants would be 3,500 pounds? Uh, yeah, they did say that. So it's. So I don't know if this less. is just the lowest variant they're showing the payload for, or what? if. Well, why did they specify the SMC bed? Maybe there's a maybe there's a fully stainless steel bed. Maybe, uh, and maybe God. that one is a billion. <laughs> maybe. Uh, Tesla owner Silicon Valley said the Tesla Cybertruck windshield wiper is longer than some people. Elon said it's like a katana. So, in the apocalypse, grab a windshield wiper blade and start cutting those zombies in half. It's not that much like a katana. Oh. Uh, so, have you heard about Cyberwash? Um, I think that's just a regular spray bottle with a label maker label on it. No, no, no. I'm talking about this. Whoa. What is that? Well, it looks like a waterless wash by Renu. Neat. I mean, it, does, are we going to have to do this? Like, is this like when you got your stainless steel refrigerator and then it was like, and here's the special <laughs> crap that you have to spray on it. And you're like, oh, no. My Cybertruck has spotting now. <laughs> the outside you'll get fingerprints all over it um it's not gonna be like that right i hope not i don't know now just in case you were wondering where the frunk button was hmm that seems a little obvious i'll take it i mean when i have to open the frunk on the ford or the rivian it <laughs> takes me like 20 minutes to find the damn button but it's powered it is powered up and down yeah it's, y it's humongous i don't know that we knew this before oh okay. it's powered man yeah that's awesome yeah and Cybertruck was spotted driving into the ocean in the Gulf of Mexico. So remember that Elon posted on X last year saying Cybertruck will be waterproof enough to serve briefly as a boat, which is what you wanted, so it can cross rivers, lakes, and even seas that aren't too choppy. So 
Do you think that this was an official test? Well, at first I was thinking that maybe Elon driving it, but then I did some research and that was not South Padre Island near Starbase. That was further north at Port Aransas. So probably not Elon because I think he just lives at Starbase. Right. But maybe he sent one of, you know, the guys, hey, go drive it into the ocean, see what happens. Or maybe he... Do you think he was on the phone to Elon later. like, Elon, are you sure? I'm about to drive into the ocean. Or maybe Elon was on the phone going like, are you serious? <laughs> the ocean? And lastly, do you want to see a Cybertruck rise and shine? Oh, wow. It's cool light up sequence and rising up to medium ride height. That's yeah. awesome. Huh? So much cool Cybertruck stuff. Head on over to our sponsors at Cybertruck Owners Club. There you're going to find all of the things you possibly would ever want to know about Cybertruck and more. Also, the 3D configurator, allowing you to visualize your Cybertruck in any color, wrap, and logo. (laughs) There are dozens and dozens of EV chargers on the market. Such a great variety compared with just a few years ago. But with variety comes questions and choices. And that's why we're here to review EV chargers for you on our sister channel. Now let's review. So this week, it's the Dual R 16 amp 3.5 kilowatt J1772 portable EV charger. Is the charge cable long enough? Is the cable you plug into the wall long enough? Is it too long? How does it work? Is it well made? So many questions have you. (laughs) So check out our review of the Dolar EV charger. And while you're there, maybe check out an e-bike or a solar generator. Because you know you want one this holiday. You just don't know which one is right for you. Let us help you. And don't forget that we give away a lot of stuff. So a little hint. Join our Patreon for as little as a buck a month. And then you have a good chance of winning this EV charger. For details, go check out the video on the Now It's Review channel. And you may not know this, but we have another YouTube channel, Disruptive Investing, where this week we interviewed the co-founder of Cooldown, a geothermal company that can cool your house without drilling any holes in the ground. What do you say? How is that even possible? Now, we're not going to give it away. You're going to have to go watch it over on Disruptive Investing. Investors. You want to stay ahead of the pack when it comes to technologies? Then you got to put in a little effort. You can't just let guys like Kramer tell you to... It was fun interviewing Damien at Cooldown and learning about their geothermal technology. We also had fun hosting Damien live on our Patreon with our Investor Club. Yeah, when you join the Now You Know Investor Club, you not only get access every week to our exclusive Investor Club bonus story videos, but you also can hang out with founders and CEOs of disruptive companies and ask questions. So support the work we do and get some great perks on patreon.com slash now you know. Makes a great holiday gift for the person sitting right next to you watching this show. Just saying. Nissan has announced that it will be investing three billion pounds to make two new electric CUVs and a new version of the Leaf. All three will be built in the UK at Nissan's Sunderland plant. And Nissan says it will be building a new plant in Sunderland to enable production as part of Nissan's EV360 manufacturing plan. Ah, cute marketing department. I see what you did there. EV360 rolls right off the tongue. I mean, how many of you did it take to come up with that? It, it was a team effort, really. Marty came up with the EV360, and then Stan was like, hey, everybody, let's have a meeting after lunch to discuss ways to spice it up. And three hours later, the 12 of us came up with EV360. We're really quite pleased with the results. Okay, so the replacement for the Leaf appears to be this chill-out concept. So like a smallish CUV. And what about the other two? Well, Nissan plans to be 100% BEV by 2030 in Europe. And they still sell ICE cars in other parts of the world, says Nissan. Places where people's lungs aren't as important, I see. Mm -hmm. The second EV will be a version of the Quash Kai, which will be marketed as the Rogue Sport in the U.S. Why are you showing the hyper urban concept? Because that's what the Quash Kai will be based on. Okay, and the third EV? Will be an EV version of the Juke based on the hyperpunk compact crossover concept. Okay. So Brits are getting excited about all this investment in Sunderland. I've been reading about it constantly. I just want to warn you guys not to get too excited because I am doubtful that Nissan is going to have much success with this plan. Right. We didn't even get any definitive timelines, prices, ranges, etc. from Nissan on any of these models. For companies like Nissan to retool factories and lineup suppliers and build new factories. Right. That takes years. It's going to be years. So UK, don't hold your breath. And I just want to go back to these three concepts. Like, first of all, if we go back to the chill out, that Mm. looks pretty cool from the back. That's all we could see. Mm -hmm. Do do you think there's even a chance any of these are going to look like this? I think that they're going to be the same size. And I think that they're going to have the same number of wheels. 
it's usually how it goes and then usually it's like oh the you know those cool lights that we had we have a much dumber looking light yeah because keep in mind when these big companies want to make something like put a light in their car they don't make the light they have to go find it from some other supplier and they're not making some cool light because if they did only one company would buy it so they're like oh okay we've got six lights to choose from how about number right. three? Oh, i like those door handles oh you mean the ones that are on the mercedes yeah, yeah those are cool well those are too expensive right. okay what's the next one that kind of looks like it? well it doesn't look anything like it but we could get these and they're cheaper so Elon reposted Neuralink's post. Check out our latest video to learn more about our prime study and those people living with spinal cord injuries that have caused quadriplegia or people with ALS may qualify for this study. Patients who wish to enroll must be at least 22 years old and must be at least one year post-injury without improvement. Now, what you may be wondering is like, what are we talking about here? You may remember that Neuralink has developed the R1 surgical robot that does the actual implanting of this, the N1 implant electrodes into your brain, which allows your brain then to talk to computers without you having to move your arms or legs. So you could actually like kind of move your hand, but only... You just Virtually. think about right. moving a cursor on a screen and then you're, you do that with your brain. And you might be saying, like, I don't want this. This talent sounds too scary. And I, I get that. It's early days. But if you do have quadriplegia or ALS and, and you haven't been getting any progress, this might be a game changer for you. So tell us more about the study. The prime study will last for about six years and it's split into two parts. The primary study will take about 18 months with nine at-home and in-person clinic visits. After that, Neuralink patients will enter the long-term follow-up phase of the human clinical trial, which will last over five years and consist of 20 visits. And again, you might be saying, oh, this is scary. Um, I think for somebody who doesn't have any use of their arms or legs, this could be a real game changer because you might be saying, well, okay, they can just, you know, move a cursor on a screen and that, that means that they get to use their smartphone computer, which sounds great, but is it really worth all the risk? This is the first step towards actually possibly being able to reanimate some of those limbs. Because exactly. if you can, the, the biggest problem with these uh, ailments is that the signals from your brain, which your brain can generate, aren't getting to your muscles. And right. your muscles can move. They could move if they're stimulated, uh, but they're not being stimulated because the signals, there's just a disconnect somewhere. Right. If you could get the signals from your brain, send them to your arm, now you can move your arm again. Right. That's the hope here. And I mean, even for people who don't have an arm, you could replace it with a robot arm. Right. And then you're a cyborg, which is sick. So the Boring Company posted, Emerging Westgate Vegas LVCVA. And it's just coming out of the ground like a sandworm. <laughs> I know, right? awesome. Uh, and you may be asking, where is Westgate in Las Vegas? Well, here it is. Elon said, solving traffic in Vegas. So, yeah, as we've been talking about, and people may not know this, but, you know, they already have a boring tunnel that connects the convention center. Mm -hmm. Now it's just going down the strip and it's going to keep popping up, I guess, as they put in stations. That's going to be really cool. And I again, this is one of those things that's just under the surface mm -hmm. that people don't really understand until one day you're pops up in your backyard. <laughs> right. Your mayor is going to go to is going to go to Las Vegas and go like, oh, this is kind of smart. We could use this as, exactly. instead of the expressway and sort of adding four lanes to something. We could do this. No, really good point, because the other big piece of this is that it doesn't disrupt what's going on on the ground. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's under the ground. And so you don't have to have like, OK, we're going to shut down all four lanes for the next four years. No, it's being done while you sleep. OK, so maybe you thought that the Cybertruck driving into the ocean was cool. Well, check this out. What are we watching? This is the Yang Wang U8, and it has flood mode. Wait, it's actually floating. Yep, and now it's propelling itself around using its wheels. So it's actually designed to do this? It's rated to ride as deep as its windows, but as you can see, it can apparently serve briefly as a boat. Isn't that what Elon said the Cybertruck could do? I mean, I'm not sure if this is what he meant, but that's not even all the tricks up the Yang Wang sleeve. Check this out. Wait, that's a tank turn. Yeah, and on a paved service, no less. I didn't think that would be possible. I thought you had to have like a slip traction with the dirt and mud. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that this is great for the tires. I mean, you can see that it leaves quite a bit of rubber behind. Okay, but here it is doing it on dirt. It looks more stable than Rivian's tank turn, like it's slower. You, oh, you mean the feature that Rivian never delivered? Yeah, it seems like they really turned down the wheel speed, um, which seems to have made sense. So instead of you doing this tank turn where it's like, 
you're you're like oh i'm turning like a tank like most tanks right. don't turn i mean it was a really good example to do it on a, a dam where there's no way to turn around except yeah. if you can tank turn so this is a hundred and fifty thousand dollar suv for sale in china yes it is a plug-in hybrid so it has a range extender Oh, I, just lost I know. Interest. I know that you I completely. I know, but it can do zero to sixty in three point six seconds. It also has a hydraulic system that can allow you to drive on three wheels if you pop a tire. What the fourth tire doesn't touch so the ground? So it'll go like, <laughs> and then drive. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay, that's um, cool. It is very cool. Um, I look. This is so. Wait a minute. So Yang Wang is owned by BYD. This is the BYD Yang Wang U8 boat. U8 I, boat, U-boat? I, I don't know. would love to drive one of these. Uh, yes, let's get one in the U.S. <laughs> well, I just want to point out, this is what's possible with a four, a quad-motored electric drivetrain. Mm. You, well, I mean, first of all, the, the, the driving into the water is just something that you can only do really with, with an electric car. Right. Um, because, I mean, yeah, you maybe can get a snorkel and... I don't know, but then you also have to basically block off every well, place this, for water. So this to explains why it looks front heavy. Then there must be because the engine, the PHEV, and yeah. okay, that okay. That so I mean, sense. if this were the Cybertruck, it'd probably float a little bit more flat. Yeah. Um, if the Cybertruck could do that, I don't know if they're going to go to that level. Yeah, I don't know because I think that I you, think they will. I hope they do. Is that the first thing you're going to do when we get our Cybertruck? Is no. drive it into the river? No. Okay, good. I'm going to shoot it with a gun <laughs> okay, first, okay, and then drive it into the yeah. river. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of Tesla service stations where they're like, oh, so we got another 42 here. Sir, you can't shoot it with a gun, yeah, we put a hole in it, and then drive it into no, the river. No, you got to drive into the river first. <laughs> All right, so I know how much you like concept vehicles. Uh, I don't like concept vehicles. So I thought I'd show you the Callum Sky. I don't like them because they aren't real and they never will be real. Meet the Callum Sky, designed by a designer, E.M. Callum, who helped design the Jaguar I-Pace. Uh, yeah, I don't. I really don't want to. It's all the fun, none of the fuss. Who says that? It's the world's most beautiful, high-performance, multi-terrain vehicle. No, it's not because it's not real. The Callum Sky is an all-electric 2 plus 2 off-roader named after the Scottish island. Yeah, except that the island is real. The Sky was designed for people seeking extraordinary on- and off-road adventures. And here's where you're going to give me the imaginary stats, right? Mm-hmm. It's four meters long, weighs only 1,150 kilograms or about 2,500 pounds. It has a 42 kilowatt hour battery for around 170 miles of range and a zero to 60 in under four seconds. Look at that dramatic exterior design. That's because they wrote it on the fake press picture. And look at that refined two plus two enclosed cabin. Yeah, again, they told you what to feel about it. Okay, so when does this start production? The first prototype is expected out next spring. The first prototype yeah that's what i thought and how much is this fake car gonna cost callum is aiming for one hundred twenty-six thousand dollars, or about a hundred thousand pounds okay yeah great i'm i'm sure you'll be able to plonk <laughs> down that much money and get that thing for sure if you've been watching tesla time news you probably already know the false narrative about this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. About EVs that EVs catch on fire all the time. We know that's not true. It's just an easy FUD technique to find an EV on fire somewhere in the world and then hold it up and make it seem common. Don't take our word for it. The Guardian is out with some new reporting on this. Colin Walker, the head of transport at the Energy and Climate Intelligence Unit, Think Tank, says all the data shows that EVs are just much, much less likely to set on fire than their petrol equivalent. The many, many fires that you have for petrol or diesel cars just aren't reported. But you want hard numbers? You want facts? Okay. Here they are. According to the Directorate for Social Security and Emergency Preparedness in Norway, there are, quote, between four and five times more fires in petrol and diesel cars than EVs. Norway not good enough for you? How about Sweden? 
Okay. The Swedish Civil Contingencies Agency found that there were 3.8 fires per 100,000 electric or hybrid cars in 2022, compared with 68 fires per 100,000 cars when taking all fuel types into account. Whoa, slow down there. Let's absorb that for a second. 3.8 fires per 100,000 in electric or hybrid versus 68 fires per 100,000 in all cars. So even EVs. So let's take the 3.8 per 100,000 out of the equation here. So 3.8 versus 64.2, that is 16 times more fires in gas and diesel cars than EVs. But why stop there? Let's go to Australia for some more data points. Australia's Department of Defense funded EV FireSafe to look into the question. It found that there was a 0.0012% chance of a passenger electric vehicle battery catching fire compared with a 0.1% chance for internal combustion engine cars. Too many decimal points and percentage signs. Okay, let's simplify. A 1% chance would be... One in 100. So a 0.1% chance for an ice car to catch on fire is... One in 1,000. Right. And the EV's chance of catching on fire? One in 100,000. So again, a hundred times less likely to catch on fire than an ice car. And finally, let's go to Tesla's data. The world's largest EV maker has studied their own cars in the U.S. and says that the number of fires on U.S. roads involving Teslas was 11 times lower per mile than the average U.S. car. I just wish that I had this clip at Thanksgiving to share with my fuddy Uncle Bob. And if you want to share this clip or others that you've seen on the show, but you don't want to share the entire one hour episode with Uncle Bob, you can head on over to our Now You Know Clips channel on YouTube where we chop them into bite-sized clips that are easy to share. Also, you can head on over to X at NYK channel. All right, our friend Will in England just got up close and personal with the newly refreshed Model 3. Let's check it out. Hi, Zach and Jesse. Oh, your beauty. I've just been to see the new Model 3 in the metal and I can confirm that it's flipping lovely. This grand reveal took place in a Milton Keynes shopping centre showroom and this stealth grey left-hand drive is working its way around all the Tesla showrooms in the UK. First impressions in the flesh, it looks sleeker, sportier and the rear end looks stunning to me. The flow of these lines and the new lights are just spot on. There's a noticeable improvement in quality all round from the thud of closing the doors, there goes Volkswagen's final advantage, to the sound deadening inside, it just oozes premium quality. These little tabs at the bottom of each door have multiple benefits too. It's the third anchoring point which stiffens the door should a side impact take place. It also gives better closure for the door. It doesn't need such a big push to close it now. Plus it helps deaden the old rattly sound. It's sort of gone from a snare drum to a bass drum sound. Boom! Nice! There's a definite upgraded feel to the interior too. The steering wheel metal trim along with the metal details around the ambient lighting is really nice. Plus, the feedback you feel through your fingertips when pressing the indicators on the steering wheel is better than I imagined. They're actually decent sized buttons, not little fiddly ones. I'm still sparing judgement until I try it in the real world. The ventilated seats are a real nice touch, but note that it is just the front seats. The rear screen is a great addition too. It's nice to have your own functionality over temperature, heated seats, etc. Although I did notice the rear centre seat doesn't heat up anymore. Plus, with Bluetooth to headphones for rear passengers, the rear screen is bound to keep kids happy. I think Tesla has done a cracking job in bringing the Model 3 bang up to date. The true value of this car is phenomenal when weighing up the features, functionality and price. I did my best to get some gossip from the Tesla staff about the performance model amongst other things, but I've got nothing I'm afraid, never mind. I really hope you guys enjoy the Cybertruck delivery event in just a few days time and the after party that you'll be hosting. I'm so jealous to be stuck here in England. It'd be so cool to come and meet you guys and everyone else in the Tesla community. But I'll be tuning into your live stream instead. So have fun. I'm Will. This is the Tesla Jigsaw. Back to you guys in the studio. Now you know. Thanks, Will. I love our Tesla community. I can't wait for the Cybertruck event on Thursday either. Look, don't forget to mark it on your calendars and join us on our live stream here on Now You Know channel with so many Tesla community friends joining us that day. And in addition to those metal hooks on the doors, which help keep them aligned in a crash, it appears that the refreshed Model 3 now comes with an active hood. So like when you're too lazy to pull your hoodie up, the car will do it for you? Uh, no, but it does have to do with pedestrians and bicyclists. 
So in the Tesla owner's manual for the refreshed Model 3, it says multiple sensors at the front of the vehicle are designed to detect an impact with a pedestrian when the Model 3 is moving between approximately 30 and 52 kilometers an hour and raise the rear portion of the hood automatically 80 millimeters. This increases the space between the hood and the components beneath it, reducing the likelihood of injuries. Oh, okay, so here's a close-up of that actuator. Oh, so I see you, you get hit, you fall onto the hood, but this comes up and kind of breaks your fall. Right. So you can kind of crumple the hood a bit more before you like actually whack your elbow into something right. that's below the very thin aluminum. Oh, hood. that's cool. And another cool feature here. Um, it's not uh, a safety feature, but Tesla Adri spotted double power dampeners on the trunk. What is that for? So that should distribute the force for a smoother, more controlled closing action. OK, so three cool things I didn't even know were on the refresh Model 3. I love those door hooks. I know. All right, it's time again for our SpaceX coverage with Ellie in Space. Hey, Zach and Jesse, and happy belated Thanksgiving. And weren't we glad that Starship launched before Thanksgiving so that we could all talk about it during the holiday? In fact, in the days since the launch, SpaceX has released some information of exactly what happened during the second integrated flight test. So let's get into it. SpaceX released a report following the flight, and here are three major highlights. Starship's second flight test achieved significant milestones, including the successful ignition of all 33 Raptor engines on the Super Heavy booster, hot stage separation, and the first ever successful execution of a flip maneuver in boost back burn. The test, despite Super Heavy Booster's disassembly, provided valuable data for the ongoing development of Starship, and SpaceX is focused on learning from the test to enhance Starship reliability with the team at Starbase already preparing for the third flight test and conducting static fires for both the ship and booster. Here's a slow motion tracking shot of Super Heavy's 33 Raptor engine shortly after liftoff. So we know that SpaceX is eyeing another launch possibly for as early as December. Elon Musk also posted saying that there are four more Starships, the last of V1. So it will be a very exciting 2024 for Starship with hopefully more launches and new versions of Starship on the pad. Also, did you know that Starship uses the same stainless steel alloy that Cybertruck is made of? And speaking of Cybertruck, it's hard to believe that in just a matter of days, we will be celebrating the delivery event I will be seeing you guys in my neck of the woods in Austin, Texas, so I can't wait for that. We'll have a lot of coverage, collaborating coverage. It's going to be very exciting. Please check out my channel, Ellie in Space, if you'd like to see more SpaceX news, and I'll see you soon. Thank you, Ellie. Yeah, we're going to be hanging out with Ellie in Austin on Thursday for the Cybertruck live stream. Be sure not to miss it. Mark it on your calendars. I mean, we're going to be there all day, so, you know, pick a time, sit down, watch it. Maybe you'll join us for the whole time. Maybe you've got to, you know, cook dinner. I don't know. Can't wait to see you there, Ellie. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And one of the reasons we're delighted to have Henson Shaving as our sponsor is so many of you have gotten Henson Shavers and you've reached out to us to tell us how much you enjoy shaving with it. If you have a Henson razor and you love it like we do, we would love it if you could film a quick 10 or 20 second video telling us about your experience and send it to us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. We will then do two things. Number one, we're going to share some of your experiences here on the show. And number two, we're going to put your names into a hat and give away some Henson razors to a few lucky winners. Now, you probably already know that you can use the code now, you know, to get 100 free blades when you get a Henson razor. But did you know that Henson Shaving is one of the sponsors for the Cyber After Party this Thursday? Henson is making it possible for us to live stream this amazing event to everyone for free. So go check out Henson Shaving and get amazing gifts for the people that you love this holiday season. So I think Vinny Bambuzzolini is in trouble. The Model Y is a terrible car. I don't know Vinny personally, but I hear he has a good lawyer, so I think he should be fine. No, no, not that kind of trouble. Vinny's from New Jersey, right? What are you asking me for? <clears throat> I mean, uh, why are you asking me? I, I don't know Vinny. But, but yeah, I think his auto dealership is on the auto mile in New Jersey. So what? Well, New Jersey, the Garden State, just joined California, Vermont, New York, Washington, Oregon, Massachusetts, Virginia, Rhode Island, Maryland, and Connecticut in banning gas-powered vehicles. The New Jersey State Department of Environmental Protection just announced that it will prohibit the sale of new gas-powered cars on January 1st, 2035, and will start limiting the number of gas-powered cars sold in New Jersey, mandating that starting in 2027, 35% of all new cars must be zero emission, and that percentage will rise to 50% in 2030. 
Sean LaTourette, the state environmental protection commissioner, said cleaner cars and trucks mean cleaner air for our children and families because the tailpipes of our own vehicles are a leading cause of poor local air quality. As New Jersey transitions to a zero emission vehicle future, we'll improve our quality of life and public health. At the same time, we'll reduce climate pollutants from the transportation sector, the greatest source of planet warming pollution in New Jersey and the nation. Vinny is not going to like that. You know what's in those batteries? Chemicals. Yeah, they're bad for the planet. That's right. Trust your Uncle Vinny. So as of June 2023, there were over 123,000 EVs registered in New Jersey. New Jersey is currently offering incentives for buying EVs, including the Charge Up New Jersey program, which offers EV rebates of up to $4,000 and up to $250 for the purchase and installation of residential level two EV chargers. And having what is now, what, 11 states now with gas car bans coming up, that's almost 100 million Americans, one third of the country that won't be buying gas cars. Did you think eight years ago when we started this channel that we'd be here at this tipping point? Well, we did. How many of you believed it? Let us know in the comments down below and be truthful. But good for you, New Jersey. Thank you. All right, it's time for Going Green. So over on our Disruptive Investing channel, we have interviewed a company that recycles solar panels. We recycle solar. And we interviewed a company, Veolia, that recycles wind turbine blades. And this is great, right? Because so many people think that you can't recycle either of them. But get this. I just heard about another company based in Rocky River, Ohio, called Canvas that recycles wind turbine blades into all kinds of outdoor things like benches and other functional public art. Check it out. Canvas opened their factory in April of 2022, and some of the biggest wind turbine manufacturers like Vestas and GE have sent thousands of blades there to be recycled. Inside the factory, they cut the blades with a rope saw and then set to work repurposing them into new products for communities around the U.S. The VP of Corporate Affairs, Brian Donahue, says that Canvas has already sold hundreds, if not thousands, of its products to U.S. communities. So now when you say that they sold them to U.S. communities, I, I don't understand. Okay, so the way it works is kind of like a wedding registry. Uh, communities go onto Canvas's website and register for products they would like, for instance, a bench. Then sponsors, whether that's individuals like you and me or families or companies, go onto the website and sponsor these products. So, for instance, a town near us, let's go to Worcester, Massachusetts. They have seven pieces registered that they would like, right? So if I wanted to help sponsor, say, the Willow Classic Bench, I could sign up and help make it become a reality for the town of Worcester. Pretty cool, huh? And everything is made from recycled wind turbine blades. Uh, yeah, they also use composite lumber made from plastic shrink wrap and sawdust, uh, recycled rubber made from recycled tires and shoes, and mixed plastics, which are made from carpet and plastic waste. That's cool. So you can check it out at gocanvas.com. All right, it's time for sunspots. All right, so I know to a lot of people, especially here in the U.S., that offshore wind seems like such a boring story. I mean, I get it. Out of sight, out of mind. But unlike other countries like the UK and Denmark that have been installing offshore wind for decades, the U.S. just got started because we have a powerful oil lobby that controls our government. That's why it's really exciting that state by state, we're beginning to build offshore wind farms. Case in point, last week, Revolution Wind, which is Rhode Island and Connecticut's first utility scale offshore wind farm, got its approval from the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management to begin construction next year. So this project will be 704 megawatts, delivering 400 megawatts to Rhode Island, 304 megawatts to Connecticut to power more than 350,000 households and create 1,200 construction jobs. And in another first, New York just had its first wind turbine installed at the South Fork Wind Project, New York State's first offshore wind farm. This 130 megawatt project being built 35 miles off of Montauk will have 12 turbines when completed, hopefully by the end of this year. And if you'd like to get your own sustainable energy project off the ground, talk to our friends at EnergyPal. They'll help you go solar for less. They also know everything about batteries, all the tax rebates, all that stuff that you don't really have time to follow, and they'll help you all for free. You get to talk to them, ask them questions, like with a human. Yeah. It's like having your own personal consultant. Um, let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you. The link is down below. All right. It's time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories to make this show possible. All right. So film two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape so Jesse doesn't get mad. Good audio. No music. Send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week? Vaklav sent us this story about the Cybertruck wood carvings that he makes. And we are live, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, November 10th, 4 p.m. Central. Today we're getting to the latest Tesla news, including new rare footage of Cybertruck production line. I have to be very careful not to go against the grain. 
As we all know, best part is no part. So I decided to make the Cybertruck just from one part. And don't forget to eat a lot of juju. Now I need to get brighter. I created a website that is the most comprehensive resource for the Tesla investor. Please check it out. Simply go to my website at artstructor.com. Let me set up the Lokicam. Tesla Cybertruck is giving me a massive meaningful boost in energy, allowing me to do a lot more every day, including using my brain more and using my body more. I highly recommend you guys and girls, check it out. During the Cybertruck production, the limiting factor is oak wood. This is Václav Kryžovinsky, the voice of Master Chief. Sierra 117, you are watching Artstructor, the Tesla unofficial artisan. You know that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief out. Stay tuned, stay juicy, and I can't wait here from you clever robots on the flippity flops. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy, ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's not exactly a car, it's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun. And now you know. That is so cool. So you can get those on his uh, Etsy? Yeah. Um, so we'll put the link for the Etsy down below. It's artstrucord.etsy.com. There's, nice. a, there's a K in there. So, all right. Be sure to read the, <laughs> the link. All right. It's time for our Patreon bonus stories. This week, we've got so many stories. You get so much additional content. If you just go over and join us on patreon.com for as little as a buck a month, support the work we do and get so much more. We'll see you there. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout outs. These are people that support us at $5 or more a month. Who do we got this week, Jess? We have Stanley Shelton, Hiroshi Hori, Edward Roach, MT, and Kevin Alhorn. Thank you so much, guys. It's your support that makes this show possible. All right, and our Patreon poll this week was what to do about the Swedish strike. Whoa, I didn't see that coming, really. Tesla wow. should hold fast and not give in to the union demands. All right. I mean, everything that doesn't kill Tesla in Sweden will just make them stronger. So if they can find a different way to get things delivered. Yeah. Wow. All right. All right. Time for Elon's exes of the week. And Tosca Musk, who is Elon's sister, said uh, Jake Tapper lies because the lie gets some views. It's appalling how they continuously lie about a person's character just to try and make themselves relevant. I used to enjoy watching CNN, but when I personally know the people there are lying about, it makes me question their integrity. Elon said, yeah. His mom backed him up, too. Oh, wow. Uh, and Wokeness says, holy sh**, Argentina just elected Javier Millet as their next president. History has been made today. Elon said, prosperity is ahead for Argentina. Elon then posted some beautiful pictures of Starship. John Krause says, from a technical readiness standpoint, what's a feasible timeline for Flight 3? Elon said, Starship Flight 3 hardware should be ready to fly in three to four weeks. There are three Starships in final production in the high bay, as can be seen from the highway. And Austin says, if you're Elon, you just watched OpenAI get rid of its leader, Starship launch, and the CTO of Cruise leave the company in less than 48 hours. Elon said, XAI team is still awake and working. Oh, and by the way, that was like at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, K10 says, wow, prescient and true. This is Elon Musk was worried that Microsoft would take control of OpenAI. That was years ago. Elon said Microsoft achieved de facto control of OpenAI some time ago. It is only becoming obvious now. Smokeaway says, Microsoft, all your GPUs, weights, employees belong to us. Elon said the first two are have been true for years. The third will be. <laughs> Whether or not they actually join Microsoft, OpenAI is de facto part of Microsoft. Dr. Nodal says, so my mom, who consumes only mainstream media, just told me she's terribly worried about me seeing Elon Musk next week because he's an evil man who's trying to overthrow Joe Biden and take over the world with his billionaire buddies. You can't make this stuff up. Elon says, wait until she hears about OpenAI. 
Omiyad Ashar says, maybe traditional media is telling accurate and unbiased stories is just behind a paywall, so we'll never know and certainly not days behind X. Or read Sam, Satya, and Emmett's post directly here. Elon says, better to read what the actual people involved say. Alex says, breaking, X Corp has filed a lawsuit against Media Matters. Elon said the first of many. Elon then said that fraud has both civil and criminal penalties. So this isn't just going to be a civil lawsuit, most likely, because uh, attorneys generals are getting involved. Matan says, anarchy in startup land, but what a quarter for Elon. Tesla, XAI, X Twitter, SpaceX, Neuralink. Elon said, it has been a great week thanks to the amazing people with whom I have the honor to work. That said, I am worried about Microsoft having unfettered ownership of AGI. He went on to say, this past week, there were hundreds of bogus media stories claiming that I am anti-Semitic. Nothing could be further from the truth. I wish only the best for humanity and a prosperous and exciting future for all. And this from Sam Teller, who was Elon's right-hand man, his chief of staff for five years. He said, I never observed a trace of anti-Semitism. Elon cares deeply about all humanity and has dedicated his life to making the future as exciting, as prosperous as possible. Elon said, thanks, Sam. Wall Street Silver says, are you an NPC? Elon said X Corp will be donating all revenue from advertising and subscriptions associated with the war in Gaza to hospitals in Israel and the Red Cross Crescent in Gaza. We should do whatever we can to build a better future for all. Does that sound like an anti-Semite to you? Elon reposted SpaceX's post of slow motion tracking shot of the Super Heavy's 33 Raptor engine shortly after liftoff. Wow, that's beautiful. He also reposted Starlink's post of high-speed internet is now available across Guam and the Northern Mariana Islands in the Western Pacific Ocean. Those would be hard to wire up with wires, huh? <laughs> uh, Doge Designer says Grok will be accessible within the X app. And Elon said front and center. Elon said big companies steadily increase their Dilbert score over time like entropy. What's up, Frank says, just playing Spider-Man in my Tesla while I charge up. No big deal. Elon said, I heard it was good. Elon said, legacy media companies are desperately trying to kill this platform by any means possible. Chris says, Grok is a great product. I can tell the team put all their heart in it. I'm so looking forward to seeing all the creative ways you'll use it next week. Elon says, Grok will improve rapidly as it's only three months old. Our compute alone will double roughly every three months. Penny2x says, I'm thankful for the new Grok update. Like the team at X and all the Elon companies, product improvement from the team at XAI is swift. I'm now able to rate various aspects of each conversation and also to edit the response to something ideal. Looks like giving feedback is already gamified. This is cool. Elon says, get the high score. Ian Miles Chong says, Elon Musk was right. Europe is headed to civil war. Elon said the temperature of the conflict rises by the year, if not the month. Mark Andreessen says, seriously, though, what did Ilya see? And he's talking about one of the founders of OpenAI who fired Sam and then wished he hadn't. Elon said, yeah, something scared Ilya enough to want to fire Sam. What was it? Elon says, still hard to believe Starship is real. Four more Starships, the last of version ones. Version two of the ship holds more propellant, reduces dry mass and improves reliability. Yeah, I've got a few V1s lying around. (laughs) Rabbit Hole says not all immigrants are made equal. There are some who migrate that end up contributing greatly to their new homelands, often more than natives. And there are others who act as degenerate leeches that make the nation worse. Elon says we should greatly increase legal immigration of anyone who is hardworking, honest and loves America. Every such person is an asset to the country. But massive illegal immigration of people we know nothing about is insane. Massimo said, did you know there are rare neurological condition called Witzelsucht? which causes a joke addiction, a compulsive need to make and tell jokes. Witzelsucht is in German means exactly joke addiction, by the way. Elon says, I think I have this. Sir Doge of the Coin says, Ireland. Elon says, that settles it. Ireland is indeed green. Daniel Fong says, do not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Elon said, context switching is the mind killer. Ooh, Ooh, (laughs) that's X for you. Shivan Zillis, who was in charge of Neuralink, I think. Do you think it's possible for silicon brains to one day become more power efficient than organic brains? If not, why not? Elon says there is a physics argument that synapse activations take one to two orders of magnitude less energy than silicon transistors. That, of course, does not explain why a 10 megawatt GPU cluster still cannot write a better novel than roughly 10 watts of brain power. My guess is that silicon intelligence ultimately exceeds human intelligence at one kilowatt. Elon then said, in a few weeks, we'll add a Grok analysis button under X posts. Yeah, well, get me my my Grok first, okay? (laughs) Tesla owner Silicon Valley says, Grok says if Elon Musk were to drop any one thing he was doing to make a bigger impact on humanity, it would be pursuit of Mars colonization. Elon says, Grok is still in beta, so some fine tuning is needed. Ross says, sometimes I imagine the present as flashbacks from the future. Elon said, if there are advanced Neuralinks in the future, there will be many flashback experiences to the past. You'll be able to experience not just your past, but any real or fictional reality. Ooh, 
Give me Neuralink. Thank you. Farzad said, I heard something on the GRE podcast that really resonated. We should stop calling legacy media mainstream media. By the numbers, they are no longer mainstream. Instead, we should more accurately call it corporate or government-sponsored media. Elon said, or legacy media. It is the past. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. Remember, share your stories, photos, and videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Marco saw this Rivian R1S being towed in Austin, Texas. Did it get the uh, brick update? (laughs) Ramiro spotted this Rivian R1S that was imported in Uruguay. Christman spotted this Model Y in Katowice, Poland. Ricky saw this EV Hummer on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Ed sent us this picture of a VWID Buzz in Zagreb, Croatia. Richard saw this Model Y emergency vehicle in Vienna, Austria. Owner spotted this EV FedEx delivery truck in Toronto, Canada. Bob sent us this picture of a blue-wrapped Model Y he saw in Swindon, Whitshire, UK. Ed and Suzanne saw this Lucid Air touring in Lake Frederick, Virginia. Lego sent us this picture of a Tesla coloring book that he was given at a recent Tesla service appointment. Mark saw this Fisker Ocean at an EV show in Exeter, New Hampshire. Chris spotted of the Cybertruck supercharging at the Kettleman Supercharger in California. And Dave saw this picture of an all-electric tour boat in Prague in the Czech Republic. Ooh, I want to go for a ride in that. Yeah. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. This is where you go out into the world and show us what's going on. Hi, Zach and Jesse. It's Morgan here in Burnaby, British Columbia at the Supercharger, Supercharger Station in Brentwood Mall. There are 12 stalls, uh, version 3, that are slightly uh, used right now, but not very uh, used very often. Uh, this is a great uh, location, very, very central, right off Highway 1, and uh, there's lots of great shopping and eats here. And in addition to all of that, um, there's also the SkyTrain station that's very close here as well, which adds a lot of convenience to this location. Uh, the only downside is uh, you do have to pay for parking here. Uh, so, you know, normally I would say 10 out of 10, but I think in this particular situation, because you have to pay for parking, only 9 out of 10. Now you know. We are at the 12 stall supercharger location in St. Lavoie, Quebec, Canada. This location gets a 10 out of 10. It pretty much has everything we would want, including a spot to specifically throw your dog poop. Hi, Zach and Jesse. Jack here in Greenwich, Connecticut on the uh, southbound side of Route 15. And this is a very small supercharger station, just four stalls. It is a nice, cute little rest stop with a subway sub shop and a convenience store. But I would have to give it a five out of 10 on the Jesse scale. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Justina from Los Angeles. We are traveling with my husband to Morro Bay, and we stopped by at the supercharger in Santa Maria, California. There is 20 uh, supercharger stalls, each is 250 kilowatts, and also there is eight destination chargers. Uh, this supercharger is open 24-7. Uh, it's located by the mall, so you have access to restrooms, uh, shops, and restaurants during the mall opening hours. I would rate the supercharger 8 out of 10. Now you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. If you want to see a map of all of our Supercharger Reviews that we've collected over the years, you can head over to nowyouknowchannel.com um, and you can upload your own reviews. So if there's a new Supercharger, if you didn't like the review that you saw and you think that you know you should change it, you can upload your own review and Review them all. Yeah, maybe you want to update it. Maybe there's some new restaurants or something. All right, what do we got for new superchargers in the world? We got the 8-stall in Yorba Linda in California. We got the 12-stall in San Diego, California. Number 46 in Arizona is the 12-stall in Goodyear, Arizona. Got the 8-stall in Yakaville, Browns Valley Parkway in California. The 8-stall in South Lake Tahoe, California. Got number 41 in Ohio, the 12-stall in Toledo. The 12-stall in Jericho, New York. Got number 186 in Germany is the 8-stall in Zwiebrücken, Germany. The 3-stall in Yuzhou, China. Another 4-stall in Zhuzhou, China. Number 122 in the UK is the 4-stall in Heartlands, UK. The 20 stall in Lost Hills, California. The 8 stall in Lakeland at Lakeland Highlands Road, Florida. Number 41 in Nevada is the 8 stall in Las Vegas at South Fort Apache Road. Number 86 in New York is the 12 stall in Brooklyn, New York. The 6 stall in Gwangju at U Square, South Korea. Number 151 in South Korea is the 8 stall at 
Yankee Logistics in South Korea. Number 163 in France is the 12 stall in Animas, France. Number 1903 in China is the 3 stall in Nantong. We have the 16 stall in Saint Roche d'Alnay in Quebec, Canada. Number 409 in California is the 12 stall at Mammoth Lakes at Old Mammoth Road, California. And number 149 in Florida, number 2071 in the U.S., and number 5801 in the world is the 16 stall at Delray Beach, West Atlantic Ave, Florida. Woo! Made it to the end of the show, and I am so excited about Thursday! Thursday, Thursday, Thursday! Oh my god, join us on our live stream from Austin, Texas for the Cybertruck event. Um, Look, prices, details, where are all the little buttons? What do they all do? What is it going to be? Is there a camera in the front? Does it float? Look, it's been four years since we rode in it, and there's just going to be so many cool guests, so much fun. Hundreds of people are going to be joining us live. Do not miss it! And I just can't wait to see it up and close and personal again. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, again, we're going to see you in like two days. Mark it on your calendar. Um, tell your boss to leave you alone. You're having Friendsgiving uh, with your dying Frank, friend. Frank, yeah. why are you not working? Yeah. Don't, I'm watching the live don't stream. Don't worry. Yeah. The, this, you know, we're going to have fun. I can't wait to see you there. I want to thank all of our amazing Patreon patrons who make mm. this show possible um, because we wouldn't be going to the Cybertruck after party if it weren't for our amazing patrons. Nope. Um, thank you so much for being a part of this community. Even if you're just watching at home and, and you've been watching at home for a while, I appreciate you a lot. Um, I, I really do. I really think that being a part of this community, understanding what's going on in the world, finding the truth in all of the kind of bull that they spew out at us every single week. Um, it, I w- wouldn't have been able to do it without you guys because it's a lot of bullshit that we have to wade through. A lot of shoveling. Oh, uh, oh I think I found something. <laughs> oh, no. Ugh, gross. <laughs> Never mind. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the Cybertruck is going to be something that's going to allow us to float right on top of it. It's going to move a lot of bullshit <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> um, we'll see you guys next week. Now, now you, know. you know. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.